Hello and welcome to the Being and Becoming podcast. My name is Logan Hauer. I'm joined today by Austin Stone and Patrick Dyer, my two regular hosts. Today we're going to shoot the breeze, so we had quite a extensive talk before the recording. Pat, I, I wanted you to start this conversation off with a thought. I was just going to say, I, some reason, just feel inclined to think that Adam and Eve kind of built their family before the fall. Some reason, I don't have something strong to go off of, but... I don't have anything strong to go off of either, but I, I've wondered that as well, Pat. If their childbearing was at some point painless and they had kids but then once the fall happens they have maybe more kids and that's when it does become painful or laborious but the reason it's so difficult to decide is there's no time frame we're given and there's also no reason to think that time the way we understand it now is even occurring before the fall yes okay mr postmodern go ahead and just (laughs) spin our heads (laughs) well no i i mean there's no reason for death right but but that's also not to say that there wasn't death. Not not humans dying, but there's still the earth was created. There's still cycles of seasons. There's plants have to die in order to grow again to fertilize the soil. I mean, there's oh, and the, the animal kingdom, there was still especially especially if you believe in new earth creation. Unless there was complete divine intervention, there was no way there was not uh, carnivores pre-fall. In other words, there were carnivores. There were still animals eating animals. I don't think there was. Well, because when the lion lays down with the lamb in new creation. And I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying, like, because think now, if if the earth is only 6,000 years old, there's still wolves with super sharp teeth. There's no way their teeth could have changed from molars to canine so you're saying why would there be a creature designed to eat other creatures exactly yeah Yeah. okay all right guys i really like the conversation we're going down but i do want to frame it for the listener oh true so we're starting (laughs) to get into some origin theories which i think is a natural lead in from where we were previously talking about with the fall creation i think that's a natural conversation to have to lead out of and it's something i think we've all talked about quite extensively off the podcast definitely something i'm personally interested in and pat you had you had mentioned new earth creation so just framing this for the listener at home we have evolutionary theory we have creationism there's probably a handful of other theories as well but for the point of our conversation those are different theories that a majority of people I would say believe in evolution, a subsect believe in creation. And then within creation, creationism, there's, or I guess you, so another theory, or maybe it ties into creationism is intelligent design as well. So, but within creationism, you have the old earth new and new earth creationist beliefs. And the new earth creationist would believe the earth is as old as the earliest traces of humanity or the Bible. So the earth in total is 6,000 years old. Time begins when recorded history begins. 
and then old earth would be i think harder to define but the way i would think about it and i'd be curious to hear your guys' thoughts on this is that the old earth creationist or creationism belief is that the world is older than recorded history but you had mentioned pat time was not being kept or measured in the same way or maybe even the earth the composition was a little bit different so time could have been moving faster or slower yeah and then some more of the evolutionary and evolution has a whole big thing around it too so maybe i I won't get in that rabbit hole right now so where do you guys think is that a fair characterization of the old earth creationist belief or idea i think so Do you agree do you disagree yeah okay or do you have any thoughts on those theories we were starting to get down that plenty of your ideas on those but i just wanted to frame it for the list can i start and then hear patrick's response to my (laughs) uh so i i have no i don't have that much interest in learning more about this it's not like something i'm loving to learn more about but i just wanted to point out we'll talk about evolution first evolution is probably like the majority theory right now but do we realize that this majority theory has been around for so little time in recorded history. People have not believed in evolution um, for, what, 90% of what we know to be recorded human history. Like, it's a, it's, I just think it's a prideful belief. I think, it's, I think it has branched off from enlightenment in this belief that reason is more important than a belief in a created order. And now humans are the ones that are top dog and we're all there is. And we don't have a creator. Now there's no God. Now evolution is trying to explain the world without a creator. And now Christians are trying to be cool with evolutionists and trying to integrate evolution into their creationist theory. And I just have no interest in that. But I'm not someone who's that interested in science. So that's not fair to people who want to learn more about how things are created and how evolutionary theory does work for explaining some of those things. So I'm not trying to be ignorant, but I do really have not that much of an interest in trying to integrate evolutionary theory into my beliefs in a young earth. And that's fair. I do want to say that there are only so many things we can be interested in. And I would say this is something I am more interested in probably than most people. But I also don't think, to your point, Austin, we can't know with exact certainty about how the earth was formed and etc. But I think the account in Genesis, I still believe is compelling. Because it's not a scientific account, obviously. Like the people that were writing uh, that. Don't be so sure. Yeah, what is a scientific account? So that's fair. Sorry. That's I'm glad you said that. No, no, no. I think that's a good point. I think that the Genesis is trying to outlay what happened. It's not saying these molecules came together to form the, which is what I would believe to be a scientific account is it's giving the exact specifications of these things happened in this molecular biological, again, Pat's more of a science expert than I am, but I, that's how I would understand a scientific account would be 
these things in nature were happening this way to cause this outcome. Whereas I think Genesis is just outlining, this is what happened. We're not going to get into how things were made and formed because nobody cares. That doesn't apply to people's lives. It's not practical. Even if they were to know the answers, like assuming they did know the answers of how the quote unquote science was happening. I think, yeah, I, I want to get Pat's thoughts on this though, before I go too much farther. Well, it depends on who you're talking to for sure, but believe it or not, it's probable Genesis was not the first written document anyway, uh, nor is it the first creation story. Uh, the Enuma Elish probably is the Mesopotamian story, which we've talked about. Which is actually, it's yeah, it's referenced in 12 Rules. Yeah. So uh, quick plug, if you want to go check out our book club discussion, you can find more on this. And even the Bible Project, uh, they talk about it a lot too. You know, they talk about Genesis being actually a response to the Enuma Elish because it picks up kind of where the Enuma Elish ends in a way, as far as I remember. Um, in other words, the Enuma Elish is you have multiple entities, divine entities probably, and they are not as powerful as god as the uh the hebrew god and genesis is kind of writing well our god you know took the foremost and void earth and made this beautiful creation your gods couldn't handle it and they kind of ruined it and made this place formless and void and then our god took with it and made something beautiful so there's no true account nor way anyone could know what creation is like but a separate thought that I always have with this when I think of this is it's foolish for the Christian or believer to limit God in terms of time and his ability to do things. The earth very well, the universe very well could be 13.7 billion years old or whatever they say. It could be older. It could be less. No one knows. So the age of the universe or the age of the earth, thankfully doesn't interfere with Jesus's mission to come reunite heaven and earth. Yeah. And that's important. We don't want to lose sight of what's important. So many people lose sight on this, though. That's the problem. But that's because so many people don't know what the author of Genesis is trying to do. And people are just so fixed in their ways. Thankfully, I think I feel like I do a decent job. I think we all do a decent job actually at balancing the two. We recognize that one group views this, another views this, and another views this. And we can keep all three ideas in our head at one time. We, of course, believe one idea more than the other. It's just important to remember when considering these things that God is not limited by anything. We do not know the actual structure of creation. And Genesis is not a modern scientific account. I think it's actually a scientific account, but from the perspective of the first people, per se. I see. That's a good distinction. Because I would have said Genesis is more of a poetic account. And it is that too. It is that too. Yeah. yeah. Again, I don't want to keep referencing Peterson and the book that we're going through, but there's an aspect and an element of speech that I think is very important in that account of God speaking in these things happening, like the importance of speech and acting in the world. I think that's important. And I'm not saying it didn't happen that way either, because I think 
God speaking enables these scientific processes or whatever. Like, yeah. I don't think those ideas necessarily contradict each other. I think you can have God speaking and then the scientific processes as we understand them being formed. It's hilarious. One of my favorite people to listen to, his name is Frank Turek. Have you guys heard of him? I have not. Frank Turek, he's great. YouTube him. He's been in tons of debates with all these atheists. He is awesome. I love this guy. I think I feel the same way he does, and he probably helped influence my thoughts and all these things, but he's a very strong believer, great at all this stuff, and he's like, <laughs> I, he said, I believe in the bang, the big bang. I just so also happen to believe that there was a big banger. <laughs> I just think it's so funny how he <laughs> says that, like, as in God made the big bang, because it's so foolish for... Yeah, and I'll say foolish. I'll come at these atheists' throats. I don't even care right now. <laughs> They're so cringe by believing that there was molecules existing without a creator and that they so happened to be, like, what's his name? Neil deGrasse Tyson, like, in the first page of his one of his books, he said, the universe used to exist smaller than the size of the period on the first sentence. And he has the audacity to believe that, but believe there's no God or to believe that we're living in a simulation. You're jo- that's a joke. How small is that pea brain? Oh my gosh. Well, it just shows that we have to have preferences to the things that we call facts. Yeah, he's so bought into his own bias. He doesn't even realize I am it. too. All those people don't believe. You are, but you're also not because you recognize there's other things. Other people have other thoughts and ideas. And Neil, we would love to have you on the podcast at any time <laughs> oh, if you're listening. Yeah. You get sad, for sure. Oh, <laughs> man. I feel okay. no, no remorse for those people. Oh, 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 I got some th- thoughts here, Patrick. Okay, so Enuma Elish. Is that how you say Enuma Elish? I think so, yeah. So whenever I hear people talk about the Enuma Elish, they say, there's this creation story older than the Genesis story, and they say it to say, to invalidate Genesis, to say, this is older, that means it's more true. But you're, yeah. you're that's not what you're saying. Not at all, not at all. Yeah. yeah. You're saying, if we believe Genesis happened the way it said it happened, then this thing happened, but then some other people wrote a different creation story, and then Moses or somebody else wrote Genesis as a response to that. If it was Moses, yeah. If it, well, whoever wrote Genesis. So I, I want to chime in here too, because we're emphasizing the word wrote or writ. What about a story, creation stories existing by word of mouth? We'd have no way of knowing true, who had the true. first one. True. If they happened to write theirs down and then other cultures saw the value in that, they probably would have replicated that process of writing their text down or storing them or what have you. So it's, I think it's even difficult to know who had the first story. Were they the first ones to record their story? Probably. But, and there is someone out there with a PhD that's probably infuriated right now because they do know the answer. Guaranteed, yeah. (laughs) How do you know who had the first, we just know the first written account. We don't know the first creation story. True. I think the Jews did a good job of recording their faith over time their belief in God, that relationship over time. They did a really good job of keeping good records and especially given that age of time, that point of time for these records to have survived the way that they did. Obviously, 
people, you know, they get translated and interpreted and everything like that. But regardless, they've survived through time and they're still relevant Thank today. You, I mean, we're talk we're talking about it on a podcast in the year 2023. So clearly, these documents that are thousands of years old were important enough to preserve. And so I I think it's worth recognizing that okay maybe we don't know the first creation story because verbally there probably would have been one long before one was written down we do know the first recorded one and thank god they recorded them right like i think that's something we can acknowledge yeah could i make another comment on the logan used the word modern scientific account and you were talking about how just because we believe that God created the world doesn't mean that we disagree with what science has found out about biology and animals and molecular biology. And yes. Yeah. Just because you believe in Jesus doesn't mean you disbelieve all of science. Um, right. Yeah. I, I kind of have a philosophical thought on that. So I have a bone to pick with science. And when you throw out the telos of the world, and I'll explain that. Tell us is like, do you believe that this world has a purpose? So lots of scientists have thrown that out. I'm cutting some corners here when I say this, but they don't believe that the world has a purpose. So now they're hyper, hyper obsessing over the processes of this world. Now they're microscoping into all the atoms of the atoms and they're figuring out how things work out because they don't know if there's a purpose, then they obsess with the process. So now they've obsessed with the process so much they believe that this process is all there is and then they call it evolution and then they and then someone asks how did this process start they say oh by chance so they're just obsessing over the process so much i think because they're they don't know what to do with this tell us that they've thrown out this end purpose or this if there's a purpose for life but they do find some security in learning about how things work and learning about the processes of the beautiful creation that our creator has created. I think scientists are more likely to talk about, to Pat's point, simulation theory or aliens as the answer to the telos, Austin, to your point, before they would acknowledge a creator or spiritual being. A lot of it's groupthink, too. If 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 there's a high-minded well-known scientist who's published a lot and then he happens to say something that there could be a creator he'll be ostracized at the drop of a hat and all his work will go out the window so i mean oh wow they they know they can't do that just because of how far gone people are but well it's because is this thing works by obsessing over the process that's how they think and they feel so threatened by considering a telos by considering a purpose but also, on the other hand, thankfully for us, there are plenty of other people who are in between and they are fascinated by molecular biology and yes. other sciences and they are believers because that's how a lot of medicine actually came about. There's a way for that to be God-honoring. I'm not trying to say science is, is not, is anti-God because it's not because you can do it in a way that's like, oh my goodness, I get to discover more about the design, more about the beauty mm-hmm. of what God has done. Exactly, exactly. As someone that hasn't studied science but loves it and appreciates it, I think the really the only intersection that a religion, 
Christianity is the one we're talking about predominantly, but also this theory of evolution, the really only problem they get into is with the origin Correct. of the earth. Exactly there isn't a Correct. lot of discrepancy once the earth starts to, to now there's, I don't, I don't think there's as much discrepancy or as many discrepancies between a religious community and a scientific community because Austin, you had referenced evolution earlier, but there are micro evolutions all the time that we can notice within yes. species or how they adapt and change over time. What I think the harder sell is, is a macro evolution because it's not testable or, or provable. It's looking at similar bone structures or similar animals in different places and then making predictions or assumptions. And obviously it's based in science, but I think that again is a tougher sell to say that this T-Rex is now a chicken. It's like, <laughs> and I think we should question that. How does that happen? There's some ignorance on my part because there probably is reasoning there, but that's when I start having problems with, or not problems even, but questions about evolution and also dating the world. I got into this randomly in high school for a little bit. So like a lot of how science dates places and times is through the rock or sampling the rock, drilling down and sampling, but they're measuring the carbon. It's a specific element called carbon 14, I believe. But the assumption is that it decays at the same rate over time. But we've just started measuring it in a very small window of time. To Austin's point earlier, this is a relatively new belief. Our scientific advancements are profound in the last couple hundred years. But it's also in the expanse of the, uni of the universe existing and of Earth existing. It's just a small sliver of that, that total time. So to assume that this carbon's decaying at the same rate, we don't have anything to compare it against. Again, it's kind of a tough sell. Maybe the Earth is only a couple thousand years old, or maybe it's even older than what they're estimating now. We just don't know because the methods that we use to measure and date these things, they seem reliable, but we don't have anything to compare it against. And we don't know if there are other variables that affect that. So I just wanted to make that because none of us are quote-unquote anti-science or I think most of us are actually pretty interested in science but it's a conversation worth having too I think it's always fun to talk about the origin of the world and the different perspectives and what could have happened so and anyone is a blatant fool if they ever say science is concrete so that's also something just to remember yeah they're also not a good scientist if they think yeah that. you're a ter you're a terrible scientist if you claim Something I enjoy like Brett Weinstein. Concrete. He's an evolutionary he's theorist. Dope. I think he's an atheist. He's yeah. awesome. He's humble. Yeah, yeah he's he does great. try to let I like him a lot. You know, the facts lead the conversation. But Yep. I like him a lot. That's funny. We all in individually like him and listen to him, but we've never talked about him even off the podcast or anything. That's funny. That is funny. Yeah. My dad really likes him too. Oh yeah, I like him a lot. He's very reasonable. My dad goes hard with that stuff too. This is my dad's cup of tea. Oh, I bet, because that's your your dad's background is in science. Yeah, the sciences. This is his forte right here. Oh, I hope I didn't offend Mr. Dyer if he was listening. No, <laughs> I don't think so. Not at okay. all. I don't think so. Uh, that's funny. But I find beauty in thinking of the things like God created the proton, the neutron, the electron, 
and the things even smaller than that. And, and he made them to work. Well, originally he made them to work the way they were intended to. And then of course, some things unfortunately don't work out the way they're intended to now, but that's because of the fall. And it's just fun. And to consider all things in between the earth could be over 13 billion years old, could also be 6,000. Who the heck knows? But I'm not going to say one or the other and limit God to that time frame. Listener, none of this conversation was planned, but <laughs> I think Pat has ended on a very good point here in that you should not be basing your beliefs, whether atheist, Christian, other religion, agnostic, it should not probably be based on the origin of the earth because at the end of the day, they are theories. Wow. Well said. Wow. Exactly right. That's convicting. Mic drop. That's a mic drop. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to this week's Shooting the Breeze conversation. Please let us know if you have any suggestions as to books we should read or topics we should discuss by contacting us at beingbecomingpodcast at gmail.com. We hope you join us next week for another conversation.